The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. So today we have with us Patricia Molina, a Pittsville resident. She's a licensed realtor and a graduate student, and she is on an exciting journey toward finding her true calling in life. Welcome, Patricia. Let's get started. Thanks, Roberta. Thanks for having me here. You are so welcome. All right. Now I have to ask, I I know sometimes people like variations. So do you ever go by Pat or you always like Patricia? So I like Patricia. Okay. People do call me Pat, Mm -hmm. but Patricia is my go-to. And when they call you Pat, what do do you like? Mm. Yes. (laughs) Like my son would say, I cringe. Yes. So it's funny because some of my best friends Mm -hmm. growing up call me Pat. Right. Still. But isn't that something, though? I feel like, do, do they get a pass? They get a pass. And, you know, as we get older, they realize that I don't like it too mm-hmm. much, so they try to correct themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still slips out sometimes. Right. But I'm like, that's okay. Right. I've, I've been Pat for a long time to them. Right. I get it. I feel like the people in our past, they know us from a different chapter. And so, like, for me, my first name is Roberta, but my middle name is Tamika. So I have people who kn- who know me as Tamika and who only call me Tamika. And then people who know me by Roberta, they're like, who's Tamika? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I totally understand All right, but so tell me a little bit, because um, you have an interesting story, you have an immigrant experience story, um, and you were born in Honduras. Yeah, so I moved here when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I was born in the capital. Uh, My mom came to the United States first to kind of Mm -hmm. find a place for my sister and I. I have an older sister. Um, So we stayed in Honduras. Uh, She came up here, you know, Mm -hmm. why everybody comes up for a better life, better opportunities. Um, Honduras is, you know, struggling right now economically. Mm -hmm. The people are struggling socially. Um, So 33 years ago, Mm. you know, my mom decided to come up here and find a life for us. Mm -hmm. Um, She ended up meeting people from, you know, the border all the way up here. And she landed here. with my dad. Yep. Um, so after, you know, they bought a house, they settled, and then my sister and I came up here. So when you were still in Honduras, were you just like with extended family? Yeah, so we were with this woman who we called Abuela Carmen. Okay. Um, I don't remember too much. Um, I think it was, you know, a stressful part of my life, hmm. um, the transition that we went through. Mm-hmm. So I think naturally I don't have a lot of memories. Mm. Um, the memories that I have are kind of yeah. like in the house with my sister, with the people, but you know, country-wise, community-wise, I don't have a lot of memory of what that looks like, what that felt like. Really? No. So my sister does. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister and I have these conversations often, and she'll say, do you remember this? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no recollect recollection of what you're saying. That is wow. I mean, I came to this country, so I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Wow, I didn't and, know that. Yes, <laughs> and um, I my family immigrated to the United States when I was two, and we settled in the Bronx. And similar thing, like my grandmother and my um, had come up before, and so you know, you, normally you have family that come up before and they kind of settle, right. and then they bring you up. Yep. Um, and so that was, and so I have zero memories. I, I mean, I actually hunger for a memory or two I look at pictures when I was still in Jamaica when I was little and I'll have to ask my mom I'll say like what was I doing there what was I you know how did I speak what did I say um because I'm so interested in that version of myself but seven um it I feel like wow you definitely have that perspective of life there but then you're so cognizant of life when you come to America what was your first take when you first got here? Everything is different. Weather's different. Right. Landscape. So, you know, I I think we landed in Texas. No, I think we landed in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I remember the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the airport there. Mm-hmm. I just remember landing in America. Mm-hmm. It was a huge building. Mm-hmm. There was so many people. And I don't think I was exposed to that number of people ever up until I 
got off that airplane and I saw yeah. the people. I remember the floors, um, which is, you know, so basic. Yeah. But I don't know what my floors looked like in Honduras, and I don't know yeah. what my house looked like, but I remember the shiny floors and all the glass windows. And mm. that was my take, like, wow, this is amazing. Um, you know, my mom would send things to us, mm -hmm. pictures, I think magazines, and, you know, the Big Apple. And I think in my head, I was like, this is it. You know, this is America, you know, and it's just an airport. But I, it was huge to me. Um, yes. And then I remember pulling up and seeing our house. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, we have a house, you know, it was amazing. Yes. Um, so, like, I think at that time, I probably was comparing it to where I came from. Mm -hmm. And it was just so amazing. But now that 30 plus years have gone by yeah. I, you know I don't have memories mm -hmm. of what it was like leaving mm -hmm. what it looked like um but I do remember thinking this is pretty cool like I'm in America yes well tell me how just settling in how did you find did you find that at home your home culture there were remnants off your off your um of the culture that you grew up in did you have pictures in the home um i know for me growing up we always had i felt like i had a dual experience i had a jamaican experience at home and with the people that were around and then you go into the broader setting and so i was acutely aware of my jamaican heritage um did you have the same growing up with this dual identity so i struggled with my identity because mm -hmm. We moved to North Adams, mm -hmm. so that's where my parents bought a house. And I was one of a few Spanish-speaking people in school, so I struggled with mm. wanting to speak Spanish because it was different. Nobody that I knew spoke Spanish mm -hmm. in the house. Um, you know, we went to church. We yeah. did family things. My parents worked. We only spoke in Spanish. Um, you know, they. my parents love their culture yeah. so there are pictures on the wall you know our flag yes. of the honduran emblem so in the home it was very much mm -hmm. my culture my hispanic culture mm -hmm. outside of the home it was really difficult because i didn't know anybody that spoke spanish right. and when i started school i was the only non-english speaking person mm -hmm. which was really difficult for me hmm. um so you know for a long time i struggled with Mm -hmm. I don't want to be Spanish. Right. I don't want that culture because right. it's so different as a little girl. Um, but I lived it every day, right. you know, in the morning. And then when I came home from school, mm -hmm. my sister and I spoke Spanish. Right. Um, but at, outside of the home, right. I didn't want to identify as a Spanish girl because it was so different. And I felt yeah. like an outsider. So you almost learned at that at that time in your life, almost the elements of code switching. Yes. Because you knew instinctively what to say around certain folks. And I think that's the term that people use today when you go into certain environments and you have to sort of adopt a different persona to fit in, so to speak. And I think as children, you know, certain circumstances like this, it makes you say, OK, this is what I need to do not to be othered. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I didn't speak English when I moved mm. here. So it was only Spanish. Um, so I don't know how it came about, but I had this amazing tutor, Leslie, who are, we still are in contact with my sister and I. Um, she lives down down south somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but without her, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like today where we have right. ELL programs in the buildings mm -hmm. where we have support for immigrants who come and don't speak the language. Right. Um, back then it was just me and my sister and this woman who would tutor me wow. and tutor my sister. Um, and then you kind of just put in a classroom, you know, this was early 90s, or put in a classroom and it's full immersion. You know, there wow. was no ELL class. There wasn't a teacher that I could talk uh -huh. to besides Leslie. Um, and she became part of my family, you know, yeah. over time because she was the one who was teaching me English. My parents didn't know English. Mm. Um, they do now, my, you, right. you know, they can... Yes. You know, they've been here a long time. But even as little girls, you know, my mom would say, what does that mean to yes. us? You know, yes. so and I see it in the I work in the school department. Well, and I see it now, you know, young kids are learning how yes. to translate. Can I can we just talk about the benefits of being bilingual and multilingual? Because there is first of all, I mean, 
I wish I was like fluent in Spanish. I mean, I took seven years of Spanish, like middle school and high school. Um, and I think I have a basic understanding and I can ha- kind of hold my weight. You can get by. I can get by, but I have such admiration for people who are bilingual and multilingual because your brain I don't think people realize to be able to convert a language and go back and forth, that requires a high level of skill. And I feel like the the a pendulum has swung where now people fully appreciate it. Whereas maybe before people were like, no, you know, we you know, it's just maybe one standard language. Now people understand the benefits of it. So I gotta ask you, do you still are you still fluent? I'm still fluent. Yes. And you know, it's funny because I I talk to a lot of Spanish-speaking people who Mm -hmm. are immigrants who don't know English. Mm -hmm. They're always like, where are you from? Because you have an American accent. It's like, well, (laughs) I've been here 30 years, but I, you know, I can talk social work. I can talk real estate. um, Wow. But I do have an accent because I'm very Americanized, for lack of a better term. You know, I speak English Mm -hmm. every single day. Um, The only time outside of work yes. per se that yes. I speak Spanish is with my mom and dad. Of course. And even with my dad we speak English. Ah uh, um, really? Yeah. So, you know, we'll tr- he'll try I think he notices mm-hmm. it, so he'll he'll throw in some Spanish words. But for the most part, you know, he speaks English to my sister and I. Uh, my mom is strictly Spanish. Good. You know, strictly I, Spanish. Yeah. So that's really the only time and for, you know, my whole education that's the only time I spoke Spanish. And you know, when you're a teenager, you mm-hmm. don't sit and have full conversations with your parents. No. So it was very minimal, you know, wow. at that. So I just, I I find it so beneficial. And I wish I, I had that. Um, I feel like, I mean, you know, within our Jamaican culture, we have Patois, but Patois is a dialect. So it's, it's a variation mm-hmm. of English. And depending on how well versed you are in Patois, maybe a lot of people wouldn't be able to understand right. because um, it's definitely something that if you're in the culture, you understand and you know. And so. So um, is that the native um, language? It, I would say that in Jamaica, it's still, I mean, because it was like a Commonwealth and everything. So there's the whole English, you know, Queen's English kind of thing mm-hmm. as a standard. But um, Patois is a dialect dialect that um, people speak. So it, you go, it goes between. You have people who strictly will speak just like this um, with an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have people who their thing, their go-to is Patois. And um, and it, and it's great. I mean, it really is. It has all elements within it. And um, I was, for me, my great-grandmother, when she came to this country, that's all she spoke. So I was able to understand certain things. And even when I went to, went to school, I pronounced words um, differently. Mm-hmm. And people would say, well, why are you pronouncing it that way? And again, that sense of being othered, I became acutely aware of certain things that I said. And I think... Over time, I muted that. I pushed mm-hmm. it down because you no one wants to be othered. Right. But now as you get older, you kind of realize that the specialness is in the difference. Right. And you embrace you that embrace when you it. reach a certain age. And, exactly. you know, for me, I so I went to school in North Adams, mm-hmm. um, K through 12. And after I graduated from high school, I stayed in the Berkshires. Mm-hmm. You know, I did some traveling. I've been to California, Texas, yeah. drove around a bunch of states. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always make it back here. Why? Um, I have to ask. So I feel like North Adams didn't have what I needed. Okay. There were, or maybe it's because that's where I learned uh, mm-hmm. who I was, mm-hmm. I didn't think there was culture. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything here for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there were people like me. Mm-hmm. So I kept trying to leave, but then I came back and I moved to Great Barrington mm-hmm. and I was uh, exposed to a different type yeah. of life. Yes. Um, because, you know, we're in Berkshire County, but all these towns are so different and they offer so much different yes. experiences yes. within the same county. And I fell in love with Great Barrington, mm-hmm. you know, the culture that's there, the arts, mm-hmm. um, what they try to bring into the city, yes. the tourism and what how they try to attract people from other areas. Yes. And I really like that. Okay. Um, so I was there up until I had my son, okay. which was, you know, well, I moved here um, before I had my son, but it was like up until 2008. So I spent a lot of time in South County. Okay. 
and I started to appreciate culture and I that's I think when I started to understand that culture isn't a bad thing mm. that being different isn't a bad thing mm. and that there are people from other places right that are different yes. like me you know yeah. because I did feel different for a long time mm-hmm. um so we you know my parents and I and my sister would go to New York we have family there mm-hmm. so to me that was like where the culture was. I right. didn't realize it was here. Right. Um, so like, I feel like inside I'm a city girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a country girl. <laughs> I tried, but I'm it's not me, yes. you know? <laughs> and I think all these little elements that Berkshire County has yes. are city-like. You know, we may not yes. have, you know, a million people living here in the crowded streets right. and the transportation that the cities offer, but all of the different cultures and um experiences mm-hmm. that one can have you find in a city yes um and outside of a city and yes. i think it's here absolutely and it's comfortable for me and i like it and mm. i you know i like living in an area where i don't have rats and i don't have can someone... we just speak on it patricia yeah. that's right i mean <laughs> seriously right i i feel your vibe on the city thing because i too am a city girl at heart i mean you know growing up in the bronx i mean the boroughs taking public transportation i mean i took public transportation when i was like i don't know 11 12 i mean i remember going on the subway with family at an early age i was accustomed to taking the subway and then taking the bus by myself taking the train by myself the things that my kids probably i wouldn't let them do now because (laughs) i'm like what but when you grow up in that environment, you have those sensibilities. Right. It's just a part of you. You have street smarts, you have an awareness, um, and you move differently. And But I do realize that, again, as you get older, too, the things that you gravitate toward, the things that you want, I mean, I like the hustle and bustle, but I also like to step back. Right, and have your own private space. Have my space. own space. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how I feel. And, you know, my mom never drove. She still doesn't drive. My mom does. To get behind. So we took the bus everywhere. (laughs) So to me, you know, I was comfortable with taking the bus. We'd Mm -hmm. go to New York and get on the train, get on the. And I was comfortable Mm -hmm. with that. So, like you, you know, that's. I'm okay with it. And I. I go to New York and people are like, Are you no, what do you what do you mean am I scared? You know, I'm scared of the bears in Berkshire County more so than walking down the street in New York. If you could see my face right now, because <laughs> that is so true. When I go walking, I'm like looking around and they're like, What are you looking around? I'm looking around to make sure an animal doesn't jump out at me. Yeah. That's what there was a short time that I lived in Alford. You know, I really have bounced everywhere in Berkshire County. Yeah. And I lived in Alford. Uh-huh. It's this little town, yeah. you know, right in South County. Loved the house, but every night I was so scared to leave my house because I was like, what if a fox gets mm-hmm. me? What if there's a raccoon? You know, those are the thoughts that go through mm-hmm. my head and then move to Pittsfield and I'm like, I don't care if I live, you know, in the projects, quote right. unquote. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> if I scream, someone's going to hear me. Yeah. If I'm in the middle of the woods and a bear catches me. You know, I'm gone. <laughs> so. that, that is the truest line I've ever heard because that is so true. I mean, just you make me think about growing up when we used to watch like, um, what is it? Fred, not Friday the 13th. Um, Jason. Oh, right. And remember, everything right. happened at Crystal Lake. Right. In the woods. Right. Where nobody. Where no one can. No. Exactly. Right. So you learned when you were in the city, you stay away from the woods. Right. Because that's where stuff happens. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I like the woods and I like sunsets and I like trails, but no. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me in Pittsville, so you, but you, you found your way to Pittsville and you just, you sort of alluded to just a little bit about the fact that the diversity of the city, um, the fact that it has this energy on a different level. What else do you love about Pittsville? I, th- I think for me, that's it. That's it. All right. I, I love I love everything that this city has to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just went to Ghana. Yes. Right? And, you know, how many cities can offer that to someone? And I know it was a program. Yeah. But I don't think these programs are possible without the support of a city, without right. the city backing you up and saying, yes, we support this. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of places in America that, that people don't have this mm-hmm. opportunity. I mean... Berkshire County and Pittsfield were so yeah. good about celebrating culture. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we embrace that. Yeah. Um, like Festival Latino, yes. I know it doesn't happen in Pittsfield, 
but you see the signs, you know, and it's happening. And, you know, there's more, more immigrants coming into the area of Mm -hmm. all backgrounds, you know, from Africa, from Europe, from, from Central America, from Puerto Rico. I know that's part of the States, but, you know, Mm -hmm. people are just gravitating here. And I love that because Mm -hmm. I want to live and I want to be in a place that supports people and that embraces people because I don't watch the news like I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to stay away from news and politics. Mm -hmm. But there's so, so many places in America that don't embrace culture and don't offer the support to people who want to embrace their culture. You know, there's thousands of cultures that aren't in this area, but I... I feel comfortable and confident that if somebody from a country came here and said, I want to do this, mm-hmm. I think the city would support it. And I think people would embrace it. Right. Um, you know, I think racism and prejudice is, is very much alive. Mm-hmm. But I think in this community, mm-hmm. I think we're trying to fight against that. And a- I, absolutely. Right. And, I, and, you know, that's what I love. And, and it's not a particular place, though, as a whole, you know, I like going to certain restaurants. We have so many diverse restaurants right. here. You know, it's right. really becoming a little city. It's That's not right. just pizza and spaghetti. <laughs> you know, if you want Thai food, there's yes, a place. Absolutely. You know, if, if you want Italian, if you want your pizza, of course, that's here, too. Yes. Um, but there's other restaurants that are popping up, and people are just coming here. And yeah. that's what I like. That's what I've, you know, that city girl in me mm-hmm. kind of likes all, all those things. Right. Um, you know, you you can go to a lake. I love. I do love sunsets, as scary as they are after the sun goes down. <laughs> I do love sunsets, and I do love you know yeah. going out for a bike ride. And that's yeah. all here. You know, oh. you don't have to travel. Everything is here. Isn't that it though? I think that proximity, the fact that everything is. I mean, you can leave work. You literally can leave your job and say, I want to go on a bike ride or I want to go by the lake and like you said, catch a sunset or maybe even just relax. Or I want to catch a show. Exactly. I want to listen to music Think this about Friday that. night. People in the city have to take a train out right. to do that. They either they're going wherever. I mean, some people, you know, they go to Long Island or some people say, okay, I'm going to go to the Berkshires, wherever. We have that here, right. and and that is the beauty of it. And I think sometimes when you're when you're in it, it's very easy to lose sight of all that you have. And I always tell folks that the way to maximize your view is sometimes to leave, mm-hmm. because when you leave, you have a full appreciation of what you're all of what you always had. I truly believe that. I it's this truth. When we moved here twelve years ago. I remember because we, I mean, New York City natives, but our jobs took us further and further, you know, upstate New York. And that's a whole thing in and of itself. It is certainly not New York City. And um, and so I had a hard time. I had a hard time at times because it was it was a different pace, a different energy. And I remember when we when we were um, moving to Pittsville and I looked at Pittsville and I thought, oh, it looks so charming. Mm-hmm. And I was struck by um, the the New England charm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, again, it offers the best of both worlds. If I want a little city, I can get it. Mm-hmm. And if I want a little rural, I can get it. Mm-hmm. I can get what I'm looking for. And not only can you get it here, but then it's yeah. a day's drive away if you want the real Big Apple experience That's or right. Boston right. or the ocean. You can take off 5 o'clock in the morning and go to the ocean yes. if that's what you want and then come back home and sleep in your bed you know yes we we are i think this is probably the best part of the country to live in we don't have hurricanes we don't have tornadoes we don't have earthquakes okay Patricia, you know. don't jinx so, us please i know all right. Um, but you're right. We are blessed to live in a beautiful part of the country. And I think Pittsville being the capital seat of the Berkshires, we just have a great vantage point. And there's so much happening in Pittsville. And like you said, um, I mean, we have so many great people coming into the city. So I think once that happens, what you're going to see is, again, that flourishing of culture. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's important that people are exposed mm-hmm. because that's the experience I had growing up in New York City. I grew up around everyone. And there's something to be said for when you have that exposure. Mm-hmm. You just, you're comfortable. Right. You're comfortable with people. Right. And you know how to navigate and move through spaces. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, so you know, I like it. I, yes. All right. So you got to tell me, um, 
you know, you you're you're in a city now that you love and you are defining what you want to do in life. I think you've once said that you are a people person, mm -hmm. that you like people. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Because I know to be a people person can mean different things to folks. So for you, what does it mean? So I feel like that's such a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. So when when I say I'm a people person, I will talk to anybody. Okay. I will listen to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love hearing people's stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get tired of it. I don't mm -hmm. get sick of it. And that I think that's why I'm in the two careers that I'm in mm -hmm. is because I just love being around people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and of course, we all have our days where we don't want to be around people. Mm -hmm. But in general, I just gravitate to people who want to share their story, who mm. want to talk, who just, you know, mm. and the people who don't. Like, I, you know, I just feel like I'm comfortable with people. Now, I have know? to ask you, especially considering the how you grew up and just feeling always that you were trying to create your own lane, do you think that this sort of your disposition at this time is almost a way of creating something that you may not have had when you were growing up? Totally. Mm. And I think that all the time. So I think I, I probably saw the quote online, but mm -hmm. um, I always say be the adult that you needed as a child. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that, you know, I lacked a lot of things. My parents were great. My sister was great. Mm -hmm. You know, my extended family was great. Um, but I did, I did lack you know, a lot of adult connections being mm -hmm. an immigrant child who couldn't communicate with a lot of adults. And, you know, they tried. It's not to say they were right. bad teachers, they, but it's difficult. It's, hard. it's difficult forming a close relationship mm -hmm. with people that you don't know and people who don't speak your language. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a huge barrier. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, I just try to be open to everybody. Right. And whoever you are, right. um, you know, I, one of my biggest philosophies is I'm going to talk to you mm -hmm. the same way that I, that I talk to the CEO That's of, right. of a business or the That's mayor. Right. Like it's the, mm -hmm. to me, we're all people, we're all the same thing. So you, you might have, you know, more education than right. me and you might have more money and you might have better experiences or right. more, but we're still all just the same people. We mm -hmm. all still feel the same. We all go through the same yes. emotions. Yes. We all go through heartbreaks. We all go through loss. And I just feel like when I say I'm a people person, like, yeah. give me any people. Like, <laughs> everybody's my people. Every, you know, I like that. up until, you know, you're mean to me, then you're not my people. <laughs> but everybody is my people. Like, if you're willing yes. to share any part of yourself with me or even be in the same yes. space as me, you're my people. Like, you know, I think that's that's me. Yeah, um, that's that's sort of the philosophy I have too, Patricia. I I really give everyone gets a blank slate, <laughs> and I really uh, I feel that as well. I mean, until you tell show me a reason, mm -hmm. and at that point, I think you have to. Then we protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. We protect ourselves emotionally, um, but because you know we realize that could be a source of hurt. But I think you know, other than that, we realize that it it really is about. Showing that kindness to everyone, mm -hmm. just across the board, because it doesn't cost a thing. a thing. Kindness doesn't cost a thing. We don't have to fancy it up. We don't. It doesn't. We don't need the big money. Right. It really is just about how do you show up in the world. Right. Exactly. How do you show up? So I gotta. I gotta ask. You know, now knowing your your background, this way that you you engage with others. Your you your one of your first jobs. You was at Hillcrest. Yeah. How did that come about? So that was my first real job. Okay. Um. Before that, I did like bartending. Mm -hmm. I worked in restaurants. Um. But. I am the type of person that just goes with the flow. Mm -hmm. Like whatever comes my way comes my way. Mm. So when I started with Hillcrest, it was in 2004. Mm -hmm. I was living in Great Barrington. I was living in a farm. Um, the guy that I was dating was a farmer mm -hmm. um, and lived a mile from Hillcrest. Okay. You know, and I've always, because of my background and because my experiences, I've always been drawn to children mm -hmm. and making sure that they have an adult that they can talk to. Mm -hmm. So I would often ride my bike or go for walks, and I always saw these kids. I'm like, ooh, what is that place? Is that a school? Mm -hmm. You know, so I started asking questions about the the building. Yeah. You know, it, lo it looked like an apartment complex to yeah. me. It's like three little houses mm -hmm. and a little school building. So hmm. it, 
I was curious, like, what is that place? Yeah. You know, so people often walk, you know, down the street in Great Barrington. So it's, I said, what, what, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. You know, kids are always playing basketball. Like, mm-hmm. is it a school? And someone said, no, it's an alternative school. And I, at that point, had no idea what that even meant. Mm. I was like an alternative school and they're like well you know and they explained it was a residential and I was like what do you mean residential right so in my life I didn't even know the concept of kids being taken away from home or leaving home Mm -hmm. or the the you know all the number of reasons why kids end up in a residential placement right so that was brand new to me I got on the phone right away I called Hillcrest I said I want to work there I applied and I started working and I was there up until I was eight months pregnant. And wow. Yeah. So in 2009. Um, wow. So I loved it. I, I loved the population. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when I learned, like, mm. this is my calling. Mm. Working with youth who struggle mm-hmm. is my calling. Um, and I loved it. And the only reason I left mm-hmm. was because I was pregnant and I was going to have a baby any day. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's how it started, and I I was primarily in Great Barrington for those five. I, I think it was actually longer. I might have started sooner than that. Mm-hmm. So I was there for about five six years, um, you know. And I worked residential shift, which is a three to eleven. Mm-hmm. I worked as um, an academic staff, as a teacher's aide. God bless the you know Sue Wall, who I felt like was my mentor mm-hmm. um, when I was there. She was an English teacher. Um, well, you know, people at Hillcrest do everything. They're mm-hmm. just not one subject teacher. Right. They are mentors, they're teachers, mm-hmm. you know, they, they fill the role of a loved one. Right. Um, so that's really where I fell in love with working with children. And I knew at that point mm-hmm. Hillcrest introduced me to children need our help. And mm-hmm. if we have the abilities and the skills to do it, mm-hmm. do it. Do you remember... Um, or recall any special moments um, that really stayed with you from your time there that you can share? Because I know it's it can be confidential in many ways, but maybe something that struck you that just really was like an aha moment. I, you know, I think it's every day. Wow. I think it's every day that you work with the kids, you know, when they open up to you and tell you stories about their their histories, mm-hmm. their trauma, when they tell you stories about who they want to be when they grow up, mm-hmm. um, watching them just progress through their treatment, mm-hmm. you know, seeing them day one, and then seeing them, right, you know, graduating from the program and seeing the huge progress that they've made, yeah, and you know, even little little achievements and mm-hmm. little celebrations that they've had. I mean, it's it's every day and. Even last summer, I was working at High Point, so I always gravitate back to Hillcrest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working at Hillcrest last summer, and it was the same thing. It's like, you know, I was on call, so I wasn't there every day. Yeah. And, you know, you work with a student on a Sunday, and, like, you go back on Thursday, and it's like, wow. Huh. Like, you have new skills. Yeah. Like, you're doing so much better than you were doing. It's just all these little things. And, you know, the way kids just want to be loved. Right. Kids want to be loved. Kids want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't show up in mm-hmm. the most positive ways but when when you really step back and think and look mm-hmm. and see the progress that the kids make it's like an everyday mm-hmm. and there's so many students that I think about and there's so many students that over my time at Hillcrest yeah. I was like, wow you know I, I wonder how they're doing they were amazing it's do you, funny do you ever run into any of them so <laughs> I haven't but uh-huh. I was on Facebook one day you know just scrolling you know how yeah. you get into the Facebook hole and this kid is on my timeline. I was like, "What? what's going on? Someone had shared it. Someone mm-hmm. on my page. Yeah. A, a former Hillcrest student. I don't even know what he was doing. Yeah. Like, at, or what he's doing, like, yeah. as, as his career. But was on the subway singing and playing music. And it sounded so beautiful. And, he, you know, people were paying him. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, you know, I clicked follow. Mm-hmm. Um, not, he's not my friend on Facebook, but... And that's what he does. Mm. He's beautiful. I never knew. Mm -hmm. I never knew that he had a beautiful voice. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, so I'm happy to see that he's doing well. This was like a couple years ago. Right. Um, I haven't run into them. Um, A couple times, some have tried to message like, hey, how are you? You know, can I borrow some money? Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
it's always a hard ignore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think every mo. I think when you work with kids yeah. in, in a place like that, um, where that's where they live and that's yeah. their home, I think every time you walk into mm. into your your job into yeah. their home, yeah. it's always something new. It's yeah. You know, it's, it seems like it. I mean, it's certainly rewarding, but I think there is also that element of deep emotional investment. I mean, you really. I, I always say people who work with children especially in young people in a capacity that you have it's a calling it has to be you can't just show up every day mm -hmm. willy-nilly and think mm -hmm. i'm just here because you have to give a part of yourself to the work right it really requires that level of authenticity right because the kids will know oh yeah they can sniff you out right. and a lot of the kids that i worked with you know when i started were city kids mm. you know and they know they know those street smarts uh -huh. you know they know they know so yeah i mean it's hillcrest is just such a great place and they've done such great things for kids over the years mm. um i always it, have like this little dream that they're gonna yeah you know move into the community more mm -hmm. and service the kids that are here mm -hmm. already yeah that's my that's my dream for hillcrest okay um well it seems like a, a family of sorts because i mean you know you had the prior experience with them and then you also just went back you know to have that stint so it almost seems like maybe once you're a part of the the hillcrest family you're always a part yeah. of it in some ways um so you know you 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 did this reward in work and then you made the decision to get into property management and, you know, from from the people <laughs> to the buildings. Yeah. And, and so and what made you do that? So, you know, so I left Hillcrest because of my son. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always just worked like my mm -hmm. go to work. I, I was raised to you go to work and then you have fun. So mm -hmm. I was blessed to have had um those lessons in life because I was able to take two mm. and a half years off and oh. I spent it with Nicholas. That's great. Two and a half years. And, and you know, that was my reward for working so hard mm -hmm. um, since I was 16. You know, I did all these little dead-end jobs up, you yeah. know, were just for income. Right. So I was really blessed to have spent that time with him. Um, he's always been a hyper little boy. Um, so we swimming, mm -hmm. you know, like... I've, like, like you see in the movies, like reading club, library, swimming, everything. everything. Um, so then, you know, he's about two and a half. Yeah. I lived on Woodlawn off of Tyler Street mm -hmm. in my apartment. And I, I get, so I've had some run-ins with the law, okay. but as an adult, not yeah. so much. Yeah. So I take pride in like, you know, I'm, I'm a good citizen. Yeah. I behave. I don't, you know, I'm, so, you know, I'm just at home, I get this banging on my door. I was like, Oh my God! What's going on? So I open the door. The sheriff shows me his badge. My heart drops. He's like, "Here's this. Uh, here's this letter." I was like, what, "What? What? What is this?" I was like, "What's going on?" Like, you know, to me, a sheriff is a police officer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. To me, you're a cop. Yeah. So I was like, "What do you mean? What happened? Like, what's going on?" He's like, your landlord's evicting you. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's happening? What's going on? And he's like, take it, take it up with your landlord. I was like, no, you got like what? Like, why are you? You know, to me, why is the police at my house? What did I do? So the my the my landlord lived at the bottom of the hill. They were on the corner of Dalton and Tyler Street down there. So I packed up my son, got dressed, walked down the street, barged into the office with the letter. Um, I have all the receipts of, of me paying my rent. Um, luckily, I had all, you know, I was getting money yeah. orders. You know, and they're all wrinkled. I, I bust into the office. You know, the, one of the owners of the, the property management company is, like, sitting on his desk, his feet up. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I'm a hothead. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But if you upset me, I can be a little bit of a hothead. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes bad words come out of my mouth. So 
You know, some of those words came out of my mouth, and mm-hmm. I said, what is going on? He's like, whoa, whoa, relax. He's like, you haven't paid your rent. So I said, how are you going to evict? I have a baby. Like, this is yeah. not right. I show him the pay stubs. He was like, oh, it was a simple misunderstanding then. Wait a second. Right. So Wait, I was okay. like, <laughs> so I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the guy that was working here, you know, we just let him go. So I'm, I'm sorry. It was a misunderstanding. So we're looking for someone. By the way, are you looking for a job? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What? I was like, you're you're just you're you're trying to evict me. What what is going on? And he apologized. He was really nice at the time. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. It must have been an error. Um, I said, I have the proof. He's like, I, I hear you. I hear you. He's like, you know, you're good. He's like, ripped up the letter. He's like, don't worry about it. You're good. It would have been nice to have that conversation before the sheriff came to your door, but right. Okay. He's like, you're good. Don't worry about yeah. it. And I was like, are you sure? Like, how do I know you're telling the truth? Like, you sent the police to my house. I was upset. So he said, listen, listen. And he's, you know, a Long Island, New Yorker. Mm-hmm. So he's like, calm down. Like, just sit down. <laughs> take a load off. What's a cute baby you got there? Like, chill out. So he's like, no, seriously, do you want a job? Yeah. I was like, well, you know, it's probably time for me to go back to work. I was like, you know, what am I going to do? So he explained it to me. That was that. You can't make this stuff up. That was that. So then, you know, I looked for daycares, had a hard time because that's my baby. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to dump him in some center, which I did. And I had a terrible experience. Mm. It lasted two days. Maybe I was just being a mom, but it lasted two days. And then I found uh her name is Becky, Becky yeah. Matos, yeah. who was on Grove Street. Mm-hmm. It was like two streets over from where I lived and from where the property management company was. Mm-hmm. So that's where he went, and she was just amazing. So everything was like right in the little corner. Right. So that was that. I started working at, at this company. It's like, you got to you know, save that story because <laughs> that just doesn't happen. You got evicted, and then they're like, oh, you know, sorry, that's our mistake. Here, come work for us. So I did. So I said, you know, it's time. You know, you can't live on savings forever till yeah. he's 18. So then I was working there up and, you know, up until 2017. Um, and I would get in trouble a lot because I talked to the tenants too much. Oh, so, you know, people would come in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, know, you got to collect rent. Yeah. It's like, OK, collect the rent and then send them on the way. Right. You know, we we have a lot of units. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time. We're not therapists here, <laughs> but I was. Yeah, <laughs> like people would come. You in couldn't like, oh, resist. I couldn't, and every every time they would say, "Listen, you're not here to make friends." Mm. It's like that's not. But I, you know, they're not doing you okay. Still felt that like within you. Yeah, so I still, you know, have connections with old tenants that mm-hmm. I talk to. Some sometimes they still message me, um, you know, to tell me their woes of of renting. Right. Um, but even there. I just felt like hmm. I didn't feel right just saying, you know, your rent is $600. Pay up. All right. See you next month. Hmm. Take care. See you. Like, it just felt wrong to me. Right. Like, I'm taking your money. Yeah. You work hard for that. Like, what's going on? How's life? How's hmm. your kids? How's everything going? Because it was more than that transactional experience. I mean, I think you, again, I I always say we, we come to our jobs and whatever with what our, our our point of reference, right? And so I think understanding that that hard work and understanding the value of money and understanding that community sense, it's hard for you to just say, okay, I'll, right. you know, just, just give me the money and that's it. Right. There's so much more. And I saw, and you know, I saw other people who could do that and I would look over like, you know, people would come in, they would have the receipt book, what's your name? Write it, well, how much is it? Write it and mm-hmm. all right, thanks, mm-hmm. see ya. I was like, how can you do that? Like, mm. you don't even look at them. You don't even, like, say hi. You mm. don't, you know, not not necessarily the owner, but just people right. coming in and out. And that was not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, how's right. it going? Oh, last last month you told me that, you know, you yeah. were going to that birthday party. Did you, you know, and it was just like an ongoing conversation and every single time. And I think it time. doesn't take away from the fact that they still have to pay the rent. Right. It's just... <laughs> It's just conversation. Right. It's not like the conversation is a pass to say, well, right. you know, so what happened was right. I can't really pay this right. month. I mean, you still would have to do your job because that's why you're there. But I think what you brought to it was you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I loved it. Yeah. It was good. But, you know, as the business grew, mm. you know, I was the primary person in the in the office mm. and, you know, people were in and out. So was it feasible for me to sit and have 
you know, mm. conversations right. with 700 people in a, in Probably a month? Probably not. Right. So, yeah. you well, know, so you know, I, I left, and right after that, I went into the school department where mm. I worked with people. So you yeah. got back into sort of this place where, again, you were with your people. Right. Well, so, you know, you did the, the work within the school department, and um, and I feel like, you know, that definitely made sense, especially considering your journey. I think, I know that you became, you, you're a licensed realtor, and so I think maybe your work in property management inspired you to do that, or maybe there's another reason or inspiration <laughs> that I don't know about. So, um, you know, I, I have this friend who who kind of follows a real estate market, and they're not realtors or anything, but, yeah. you know, they're kind of in the know. And last year, I think it was, like, May, and this mm-hmm. all, again, just everything that I, that happens in my life is, mm-hmm. like, spur of the moment. Yeah. Oh, here I am. You yeah. know, I walk by a building. I want to work there. <laughs> you know, I get evicted. I want to work there. Um, <laughs> so my friend was, like, I, I think I talked about, I don't, I don't know what I, I said. And they're yeah. like, wow, you know your shit. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, have you ever thought about being a realtor? And Uh I was like, oh, that's not me, Uh you know, because the realtors that I did know, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of fancy, Mm -hmm. you know, they're professional. And I, in my head, I'm still not an adult. You know, sometimes I walk into a room and I look for an adult, like, who's who's the adult in here? (laughs) So I was like, no, I never really thought about it. Yeah, yeah. And they were like... "Um, well, why don't why don't you do it? Like you'd be good at it. You have the experience. You know that you you know you can talk to people. Uh-huh. I was like, you know, what could it hurt? Um, because I've kind of always followed the market just for fun. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those that I will not probably not buy a house again. But I'm on Zillow, and I'm like, wait, wait, oh, hold up, you won't buy a house again? Really? Well, not maybe someday, but when I search Zillow, I don't do it with the intent to buy. I just mm. I, I'm just. You know, it's scrolling. like scrolling. So okay. I'm like, oh, look, oh, wow, million-dollar houses. Yeah. Oh, wow, 100, 100, wow. You know, so yeah. it's just like, so this person was like, you know, why don't you do it? Like, you're yeah. you're kind of already doing it, mm-hmm. but now you can sell to people and you can make money. And I was like, you know, why not? Like, I'll give it a try. So I did. So, and you did. So like, And you got into the market when it was really hot. Right. And I, to me, like, that wasn't the reason. Like, to me, I was like, why not? Like, let's. I like it. I like people. I like houses. I I like it. So how did you find, I mean, I think last year especially, I think the market's going through its own thing right now where maybe it's cooling off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But how did you find working in such a hot market? I mean, how about a time to come in? I mean, you came in. I mean, I had so many great experiences as a realtor of what to do, what not to do, the Mm. houses available. I saw so many houses in the last year. Um, So... I think I just had my one-year anniversary where I was working under somebody. So Mm. when you become a realtor, um, you know, you get licensed, but then you have to find an office, and an Mm -hmm. office has to take you. So I got licensed in August, Mm -hmm. but I didn't start working under somebody till September. Mm -hmm. And in the last year, I am so fortunate that I got into the market when I did because Mm -hmm. it allowed me to look at hundreds of houses. Like, I've, I've seen so many houses, and I think had I came in at a different time yeah it would have been slower i wouldn't have had as much interest right um i worked with a couple of my friends thank you to them because as a new agent yes you know you sometimes want somebody who's seasoned like you want somebody who's in the market right and i'm so thankful for the people that gave me a chance Mm -hmm. um you know, Mike Dean works for the city, yes. and that was the first house that I listed all by myself Mike's last year. <laughs> oh, I love, I love Mike. Hi, yeah. Mike. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Um, so he, this was, you know, I was an agent for like two months. Yeah. And he said, I trust you. And I was like, that mm. to me was like, I will forever be like in debt to you mm. because that means a lot, you mm-hmm. know, to, for someone who sells a home that means so much to them. I was like, I will do anything and everything that I can. Like that, that is the the highest form of compliment that I can receive. Like nobody, you know, I don't care what you say to me, but right. when you you say here is my house and I'm trusting you with my house yeah. to sell it and you know to write by me, like that to me was like I need. I just it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility, and again, it goes back to like I'm going to help you. Right. Like yes, this is a job. 
but I'm going to do what I can to help you. Right. So I'm really thankful, you know, because mm. I feel like all of my friends and, you know, the brokerage that I was with just put so much trust in me. Mm. And, you know, the, the market is cooling. Yeah. And I've seen the shift happen. Mm-hmm. And I became so entrenched in it. You know, I like people scroll on Facebook for hours. I would scroll scroll on Flex just to look at houses. So if somebody would call me, like, I would know. Yeah. I'd go, are you talking about this property? Oh, yeah, that's a three-bedroom, two-bath. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, and I and, and I think yeah. that's why I was able to be successful for the last year. Nice. Um, and I've, I'm seeing the shift. It sometimes breaks my heart. Mm. I was heartbroken a lot for my clients mm. because... I still have a few clients who are now renting apartments because I had such a hard time finding yeah. a house because they were being outbid. Um, you know, t- yeah, putting, I didn't know this at the time when mm-hmm. I became a realtor, mm-hmm. but you, it was very, very uncommon for somebody to go and ask, offer asking price and get the house. Mm. Everything was going over asking. Mm. People were offering more. People were paying cash. And I worked with so many clients here in the community that, our financing, you know, there are people like me and you who yeah. work, you know, Monday through Friday and That's do right. their little side hustles. That's right. Um, and they need financing. Yeah. And people were coming in and taking them home. So that was really hard to That's see hard. so many people not being able to live their dream. But now it's getting easier. Now houses are starting to come down. Exactly. Because so it can't stay it can't at that stay level. It, no. it really can't. And. You know, we, you know, it, it, the pendulum has to swing back to a more moderate right. um, 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 place where the average person can be able to tap into that dream, right? right? Because you're right, it's, it's, it's so hard. And unless you're operating at such a high capacity, there's no in, there's no entry point for you. Right. If you are on just, you know, you're working and you just want to get a piece of that, it's hard. So I'm I'm grateful that the market is cooling. I'm grateful for that because I think we're going to see a lot more individuals be able to um, really make headway mm-hmm. and, and maybe not have the amount of competition mm-hmm. that was, I mean, I, I joke, I say, you know, you could put up like a door frame and like have like some dirt underneath and maybe have a roof and some sides and say it's a house and people would just pay cash for it. I mean, it just felt like people were um, just, it was just insane. The market was insane. It was insane. I think, um, you know, if we look at the history of the market, this is what it does. You know, the the rates go way, way up. You know, nothing like the 80s where they were like 18%. So I hear people say now, like, oh, it's never been this high. Well, actually, they have. Mm. (laughs) They've actually been triple what they are right now. Wow. So I think if we look at the history yeah. this is what the market does you know it goes yeah. up and it goes down and that's true you know markets crash and i don't i don't know if we're going to crash or not i don't know i'm not a financial analyst and i, I don't we don't but yeah you know the market is a roller coaster it is. we can't always stay we can't you know where we're in a depression-like economy and we can't always be where everything is just inflation is so high Absolutely. you know we have to have it, it has to have fluidity and um and you're right and i think it's just the nature of the beast right. so i before because we our time is ticking out and i want to get to your your graduate work because you are almost wrapping up your graduate studies yeah Patricia. So three months three months three months and i'm uh I'll have my master's in social work. Congratulations. Thank you. It's exciting. It's, you know, take me a long, long way to get here. Mm. At one point, I don't think my parents said I was even going to graduate from high school. Mm. So, you know, this means a lot to me. Good for it you. It really means a lot to me. So I'm doing it at LSU Online. Good. It's a great program. Um, I'm at PHS doing mm-hmm. my internship right now. Mm-hmm. I love that school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I love every day. Mm-hmm. So come December, you know, I hope to get my, de- well, I know I'm going to get my degree. I'm working hard towards yes, it. Yes, you will. <laughs> so yes, I'll be will. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping once December comes, I'll have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to work in the school department because I think that's mm-hmm. where our gen- our future generations are. And that's the people who are going to run the mm-hmm. city. Right. You know, and the kids who are in high school right now. That's right. Those are our future leaders. We have to invest in them. We have to invest in them. Right. And with COVID and everything that happened, it was really hard for kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lost two years of their lives. They did. And I think, you know, it's important to have adults in there who can talk to these kids. So I'm hoping 
you know, I, I graduate in December and then I can get a real job and I can be a grown-up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're already a grown-up, <laughs> but I get it. I, I, I think it's, I know exactly what you're talking about because especially as you get older, there's this dichotomy of thinking where you're like, yeah, I, I know what my chronological age is, but in your mind, you're like, but I still feel this way right. sometimes. I so- still say when I want to grow up, <laughs> this is what I want to do and I'm almost there. I get it. I'm almost there. I totally relate. Well, tell me, when you have your degree and you're armed with that, I mean, first of all, you have an arsenal of skills. What is your dream career? Because I know you want to work, you know, you mentioned working in the school, but what does that look like? If there was a dream role, what would that be? My dream, so I graduate high school, I get licensing where I need to, Mm -hmm. I have all the credentials that I need to have. I want to have two careers at okay. once. Okay. So my dream is to be in downtown Pittsfield, mm-hmm. have an, an office where I provide therapy to the youth, mm-hmm. and I also, in the same building, have a real estate office. So I love it. I have two things going on at once. Mm-hmm. So I want to do direct care with kids. Okay. I want to be um, you know, a therapist, a mm-hmm. clinician, mm-hmm. a social worker. For the kids, kids in the community, I want to be a resource for the Spanish-speaking people mm-hmm. who need somebody to talk to. Um, I want my dream, mm-hmm. unlimited money. I, I have all the credentials that I need. Mm-hmm. My dream is to have a center in downtown Pittsfield where I provide therapy. I have a group of people providing therapy. Mm-hmm. I have a real estate office where we provide you know, real estate advice, yes. and we help people buy and sell their homes in the Berkshires. And then also within my my little building, there's also places where people can come for resources right downtown where it's just so easily accessible. And because it. of the parking situation, like there's always parking, like I'll pay for the parking. Yes. You just pull up and the parking's already paid for. So that's my dream is to have everything I love in one building where I could Check on my, you know, and I'll have a team, obviously. I can't do it all on my own. So I love it. I'll go check on my realtors. You sound like Patricia Molina, the mogul. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we'll see how far I can get. And I, I know that, you know, I'll have the two careers, but we'll see if at some point in my life. I don't think life, there are any can, limitations. You already mapped it out. Like, yeah. I feel like... You know, there's a there's a, a desire for more. Everything that you said, there's a desire for more of that. And also, let's just be clear, representation matters. And I think having, you know, having a business like this, first of all, there's the entrepreneurial, um, you know, opportunities for young people, even if they want to have internships and things like that. I mean, think about the possibility. There's so much possibility. Yeah, and that is my target market is like the kids, like come work for me. Yes. Come, let me show you and teach you i someone gave me an opportunity Mm -hmm. and um the choice to work with a recent pittsfield graduate and Mm -hmm. they're like they're they're thinking about becoming a realtor i was like i'll take them like you know i'll tell them everything i know which might not be much but i just i'm i'm so invested in in the youth that i i understand you're right because i want to retire and i want to know that the people who are taking over your role, my yes. role, are competent people who, you know, their mental health is. You can say that again. Yeah. That's right. It, it really is all about supporting our young people and, you know, making sure that they have the tools. And, you know, I, you know, uh, I'm looking at the time too, <clears throat> making sure I have two more questions for you, maybe just one more, because I think that's all the time we have. But I remember when I was a young person and someone reached out and helped me, and that inspires me to help other young people. Patricia. Who or what inspires you in 30 seconds or less? I have no idea. I, <laughs> I do not know what inspires me. Okay. I think just, I don't know, I wake up and I do it and I see different scenarios and I see different people yeah. and I just get inspired by like random, random things. And there you go. Yeah. And that's your inspiration. And uh, tell me one word to describe you. Uh, that's hard. So uh, unflappable hothead because it can't be one. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Thank you, Patricia. You have been awesome. Your story is so inspiring, and I hope others have been inspired by your story as well. Everyone, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the City of Pittsville. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.